What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The NFL playoffs are set for Super Wild Card Weekend in the AFC. The Bills host the Steelers, the Chiefs host the Dolphins, and the Texans host the Browns. And in the NFC, the Cowboys host the Packers, the Lions host the Rams, and the Bucks host the Eagles. The top-seeded Ravens and Niners get the bye into the divisional rounds, and we have you covered on every matchup on the road to the Super Bowl. As of this moment, there are five head coaching vacancies after the Falcons fired Arthur Smith and the Commanders fired Ron Rivera. Both let go in the last 24 hours. As you know, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Panthers all firing their coaches during the season. And in addition, Panthers general manager Scott Fitterer was also let go today as we welcome you to our very first postseason edition of NFL Live. Here we go. Marcus Spears is here. Mina Kimes shaking her head. Can hardly believe that we are already in the postseason. And guys, we'll get to you in just a sec. But first, so much news to talk to uh, before we get your reactions. And for that, we go to Houston, where Adam Schefter is about to watch his Wolverines in a few hours compete for the national championship. But very busy, I am sure, with all the news flying in today. So, Adam, if you can get us started in Washington. Highly respected coach there, Ron Rivera. Uh, but let go. Take us through a decision-making there with the commanders. Well, Hannah, the Washington Commanders were sold to new owners this past summer. Josh Harris and his group paid a record $6.05 billion. And new owners come in and want their people. Now, Ron Rivera had endured so much during his time in Washington. Two different owners, three different nicknames for this franchise, eight different starting quarterbacks, a number of injuries, and he himself having to battle through a cancer diagnosis in which he bravely fought back and coached while he was battling that. So there were so many things that he had to get through. But the fact of the matter is this team didn't play well. The owners wanted to take it in their direction. And the fact of the matter is they were intending to do that but wanted to let the season play out till the end the way they did. And once the season was over, they felt it was okay then after a full body of work to move on from Ron Rivera. And you mentioned the new owner, Josh Harris, who added the commanders to his portfolio of the 76ers and of the Devils. He's been involved in other leagues and the way that they do things. And in fact, he is going outside of the NFL family is our understanding in the search for a new head coach. So can you lay out the team that he's assembled and how they're going to go about it? Yeah, he has brought on the former Golden State Warriors general manager, Bob Myers, along with the former Vikings general manager, Rick Spielman, to assist in their efforts in identifying and hiring the best general manager and head coach combination that they can come up with. And he thought it would be outside the box. The way that he looked at it is that Bob Myers had a successful track record in Golden State. He would bring some of those outside the box principles to Washington and so he's allowing Bob Myers with Rick Spielman to spearhead this mm -hmm. search it's a little bit out of the box absolutely but they believe 
It's going to produce the right results in the end and give the commanders the general manager and head coach that they need for the future. Magic Johnson in the mix, and you know he always has an opinion as well. Uh, Adam, so much more to get to. We'll be back with you in just a second. So Ron Rivera did not post a single winning season in four years in Washington, and Adam outlined all of the things that happened during that period, including uh, the COVID era. The team posting a 396 winning percentage, which ranked 24th in the NFL. Major drop-off from those nine seasons in Carolina, where he posted a 546 winning percentage, uh, managed three winning seasons, and a Super Bowl appearance. The Dan Snyder debacle, he just went through a lot there and really guided his team in such a dignified way, which is what we've come to associate with Ron Rivera. Now, Marcus, where do you see the team going forward? Well, first, uh, going back, Hannah, this was to clear everything uh, from the Washington Commanders of the Dan Snyder era. And you remember when Ron Rivera, Rivera was hired and it was a general manager hired and a team president, and they tried to reorg the whole franchise. And I think Josh Harris, uh, rightfully so, is in the mindset that I need that era to be put to bed and everything that was associated with it be out of the door so we could start anew. Ron Rivera did the best he could in a terrible situation. He walked in to be a minority face of this football team. And that's not to take away anything from Ron Rivera's history. We know that he can coach football at a very high level, has been to a Super Bowl, and is, is, is well-respected, as you mentioned. But a lot of these hires made a lot of people scratch their head, including myself, about why is this the direction now? A lot of people had to come in, including Ron Rivera, in this organization when it was still turmoil. All of the issues that Dan Snyder and, the, and, and ownership had uh, was still prevalent when he came into the door. So he started in an unfair situation. He started in a disaster. Mm. So give Ron Rivera mm -hmm. and the rest of the people that were brought in a lot yeah. of credit for what they were able to do by sustaining. But Josh Harris did the right thing by getting rid of everybody uh, a part of the Dan Snyder era. It's a fresh start for the organization. And I believe, Marcus, a pretty appealing job, first of all, because of the change in ownership, yes. which always cast a shadow over this job, regardless of what was going on with the roster. Um, but now, obviously, you have new ownership in place uh, that most people think will be a dramatic improvement, not that the bar is very high for that. Uh, and then as far as the roster goes, you know, picking two in the draft gives whoever comes in, head coach, potentially general manager, a great starting point, especially as we know, this is a draft two, possibly three very good quarterbacks. And you'd be putting one of those rookie quarterbacks in an offense that is very different from what we've seen, say, in Carolina. There are really good wide receivers on this roster already, including, of course, their number one, Terry McLaurin, but also Jahan Dotson and company. Defensively, uh, the cupboard is a little bit more barren, especially after they traded away both mm -hmm. of their edge rushers, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. This season, don't, still don't quite understand that. But this team has the most cap space of any team in football next year. So for the new regime to come in, you have sort of a blank slate to build this team in the image you want. And I have to think that would be very yeah. appealing to some of the top candidates around the league. 
the ninth straight Washington head coach to leave without a winning record, which speaks volumes about the recent history of this franchise. All right, let's go on to Atlanta now, where the last image that we have of head coach Arthur Smith was his fury at the Saints running up the score yesterday. Hours later, he met with team owner Arthur Blank and CEO Rich McKay after that 48-17 loss and a 7-10 season. He was fired after finishing 21-30 over the span of three years and returned to the facility this morning to speak with players, many of whom found out about this change on social media. So, Adam, this also would appear to be a very desirable opening. Take us through Atlanta's thought process. Well, Hannah, I think Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner in recent weeks, had begun serving his options and deciding whether it was worth it to him to stick with a coach he admired in Arthur Smith or whether he should make a change. And ultimately, in the end, he had seen three straight seven and ten seasons he had seen a head coach who had a different starting quarterback in opening day in each of the past three years and for all the draft capital that this team invested in offensive selections the offense never hummed at the level it didn't probably it was held back because of the quarterback position and i think arthur blank felt that his organization and franchise was better off making a change finding a new head coach and he has entrusted that responsibility to himself, Rich McKay, and the current general manager, Terry Fontenot, who gets to stay on despite the fact that Arthur Smith was fired last night. Listen, it's a wide open division. Atlanta is a good destination for free agents. They have a high draft pick. So if they can straighten out that quarterback and coach situation, a lot of positives there in Atlanta. Adam, back with you in just a second. And the Falcons have a bunch of elite weapons during his tenure, but Smith never could quite figure out that QB part. Uh, they ranked outside the top 20 in total QBR, off target percentage, touchdown to interception ratio, and completion percentage during his three years in Atlanta. So Desmond Ritter, uh, that did not work out among a number of things. Uh, Marcus and Mina, yes, as I find the proper camera, hello. Um, your take on the decision in Atlanta, Mina. Yeah, um, it makes sense that they're moving on from Arthur Smith, given what you just showed there with the offense, which of course is under his purview, even with the question marks at quarterback, I think the at times puzzling lack of usage of the, those star skill players they drafted didn't make a ton of sense. And then the offense regressed a great deal this year. I think, though, for the next head coach, this is an interesting and sort of tricky spot. There, there's a lot to like about it. The skill players who I mentioned, the fact that this defense under their defensive coordinator who they got from the Saints, Ryan Nielsen, seems to be on the upswing but the biggest question mark, of course, is quarterback, and it's not quite clear how they'll approach that. It's not like Washington, where they're picking second. It's very obvious that they're going to take a quarterback, and they will have a pretty good choice of them. Uh, Atlanta is picking later in the draft behind other teams that do want a quarterback beyond the commanders. Uh, New England, New York come to mind. They're both picking ahead of them if they were to want to draft Jaden Daniels from LSU. Uh, and, and for me, that's where you got to get a little bit creative. I think this would be a prime destination for Justin Fields if as I expect the Bears yes. do move on from him yes. um, I, I think it makes a ton of sense for Atlanta to pursue him as their quarterback next year and I think he could make a lot of noise with those weapons as long as they find the right offensive coordinator MK I love that you brought up Eric, um, Justin Fields because I think 
from a coaching standpoint, this to me would be a prime location for Eric Bieniemy. Um, don't know what Washington is mm. going to do, but I think a co a accountability and what we know about how he can develop quarterback. He has Sam Howell, and look, Sam Howell threw a lot of interceptions, but there were a lot of things that you could take away from this season to show that this offense could have been very explosive, and they had some explosive outings and successful outings as well. I think the thing that Justin, when you bring up Justin Fields, you look for some consistency, right? That's the thing we talked about with the Chicago Bears. It was just never a consistent either scheme, coaching situation, players around him. And the moment we saw him get a bunch of players around him or just one player in DJ Moore, we saw a lot of things that we liked about Justin Fields. But going mm -hmm. to Eric Bieniemy, I think this is a great situation for him to walk in because with a young team, a young quarterback who's had instability, at his previous destination, accountability and some consistency would go a long way. I think Eric Bieniemy would provide that for Atlanta. Interesting because he's the OC there in Washington. They have an opening too, so it'd be fascinating to see how that organization regards him. Is he a viable candidate for that? All right, with the draft order set, Mina mentioned it a moment ago. All the teams at the top, they're all in need of a quarterback. The Bears' situation is fascinating. Do they trade fields? Do they pick up an elite college quarterback, which they declined to do in this position last year? The Commanders have that second overall pick. Patriots also in need of a quarterback at number three. Will Bill Belichick be presiding over that pick? Mac Jones, by the way, listed at third on the depth chart yesterday. We are just getting started on NFL Live. The Eagles blowout loss to the Giants on Sunday. Here where Mina places the blame after yet another bad outing. And could one of the NFL's winningest coaches be on the move? Bill Belichick meeting today with owner Robert Kraft, Adam Schefter with all the latest on his future. NFL Live is brought to you by Pizza Hut. No one out pizzas the hut. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're back on the NFL.
NFL Live talking about the NFC East. Cowboys were a huge favorite against the Commanders, and boy, did they look it. On their opening drive, Dak Prescott 6 for 6 for 58 yards, finding Jalen Tolbert there, and under 30 seconds before the half, C.D. Lamb, what a season he has had. Cowboys 21-10 at the half, all three phases of the game working, getting after this punt by Tress Way in the middle of the third, and Prescott ending the day with four touchdown passes. Cowboys lock up the number two seed and the division title dominating victory. However, the Eagles looked awful against the Giants. They couldn't get anything going in this game. A.J. Brown is going to make a catch here and then fumble, squandering an opportunity. Very next drive for the Eagles. We see Jalen Hurts trying to connect with Dallas Goddard. This is a fourth down play. That's no good. Following drive, Hurts is sacked for a loss of 14. Man, did they struggle. It was 20 for nothing in the first half. That deficit for the Eagles and things get worse. Hurts trying to hit Julio Jones with the deep ball. It's picked off by Xavier McKinney. Hurts has a finger injury on his throwing hand. He leaves the game. Eagles have now lost five of their last six entering the postseason as a five seed. As Adam Schefter joins us now, just a terrible day all around. A.J. Brown is also hurt in this one. What is the latest on both of those injuries as they play a week from tonight, Monday night, on Super Wildcard Weekend on ESPN. Well, it was a difficult day physically for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts had the middle finger on his throwing hand pop out. You saw how uncomfortable he looked. He did return to the game after the injury, and I think the Eagles are optimistic that he'll be able to go on Monday night a week from now at Tampa against the Buccaneers, but he's never had to play with a finger injury quite like this one. A.J. Brown went down and grabbed his right knee, did not return to the game. That was problematic. His ACL was intact in testing. That was the encouraging sign. And he greeted the rest of the players and told them that he was fine. And obviously, they feel like they avoided a major scare here. Now, whether he's able to make it back a week from tonight is another issue. Not going to be at full strength. But we'll see whether or not he can make it back to practice at all this week, whether he can play. Jalen Hurts will be out there. Not as sure about A.J. Brown. And they will be getting back. DeAndre Swift, who didn't play yesterday. Mm. I think they'll get back Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, and also Darius Slay, the cornerback. So some reinforcements needed. Reinforcements could be on the way for the Eagles. Yes, badly needed as they are literally and figuratively limping their way into the playoffs. Adam, back with you in just a moment. After week 12, the 10 and 1 Eagles were not only in the driver's seat for the NFC East again, they were also two games ahead of the Niners for the number one seed in the NFC. But then Philly went south, dropping five of their last six games, thanks in large part to a defense that ranked in the bottom five in pretty much every major statistic category. Here's Nick Sirianni after yesterday's loss. Nobody's quitting on this team because that's the reason all these guys are in that locker room because they know how to freaking fight. The coaches know how to freaking fight. The players know how to freaking fight. The, st the staff know how to freaking fight. And so we'll just get up and we'll fight again and we'll see, you know, see what happens next week. Back with Marcus and Mina Boy, they have been talking a lot and they have not found a solution to any of their issues. Marcus, what is the biggest going into wildcard weekend? Yeah, I just heard that Sirianni sound. It doesn't look like it, it looked like he's lying. It doesn't look like he's telling the truth about fighting. And that's been my issue with Philly. I know a lot of these dudes and I know their makeup. Um, I've, we've had them on Monday Night Countdown. I've talked to a bunch of them. But yesterday against the New York Giants and, and, and quite frankly, 
when you can go to scheme and guys not playing well, that's a different type of conversation. Yesterday, it looked like the Philly, Philadelphia Eagles had no interest in playing football. And to me, that's an indictment on the head coach and the rest of the coaching staff. Now, it's been some changes made within this coaching staff. Obviously, two new coordinators when you started the year, but you were 10 and 1. So things were fine. But to fall off a cliff like this, five out of the last six weeks, and look at the body language and the demeanor of this football team. They look dejected. They look like they are grasping for straws, trying to figure out what's going wrong and why can't they get back to who they supposedly think they are. Because right now, they are, they are remnants of the team that we thought they would be this year and obviously of the one last year that went and competed to try to win a yeah. Super Bowl. This is more to me an indictment on the head coach and the coaching staff and the leadership of this football team than it is just about X's and O's. They've been bad on defense. They weren't playing really good defense when they were winning games early in the season. And that's just continued to get worse. But my more important thing is that guys look dejected and uninterested. And that's a bigger issue than anything to me. They also look unprepared uh, that hmm. to me is the word that just yes. kept coming to my mind watching this performance on both sides of the ball I mean defensively coverage busts all over the place failure to pick up simple concepts and communicate and then offensively Marcus you're playing the Giants it's oh. Wink Martindale you Wink know Martindale. he's gonna blitz the <laughs> heck out of you and yet uh, it looked almost like they were taken by surprise for it. Jalen Hurst completing less than 50% of his passes you see here against the Blitz, holding on to the football. This has been an issue, however, all season long with him and the Blitz in particular. Uh, worst starting quarterback in the NFL, and that's way down from last year. You see as a QBR of five, which is crazy. Last year it was 70. The year before that it was over 80. I don't know what has happened with the, this staff and this quarterback, where they have been incapable, it seems, of putting together a plan against the Blitz. But if I was a team, and they're about to play one that sure loves to Blitz in Tampa, I would hit that button over and over because they have not shown you once that yep. they can solve it. Mm. You know, this record could be even worse. I mean, they got so lucky against Kansas City and Buffalo. They could have easily lost both of those games. Yep. And you mentioned yep. Wink Martindale. We have something on that in just a second. But first, this reminder, you can catch that Eagles-Bucks matchup as we cap off Super Bowl wildcard weekend with a Monday Night Football matchup at 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN+. Our megacast coverage also includes Peyton and Eli on ESPN2 and our ESPN Deportes Spanish language version. Now, this is new on NFL Live from Jordan Renan. Wink Martindale is actually resigning as defensive coordinator of the Giants per source his relationship with Brian Dayball a big part of the divorce again that's per Jordan Renan uh, certainly should have options elsewhere uh, the Giants two most recent opponents the Rams and the Eagles <laughs> spoke glowingly of his scheme as Mina just referenced uh, Marcus now earlier this morning we had heard that the team had let go of two of his assistants but they were retaining him now Wink Martin Dale has left. What's your reaction? Yeah, first of all, this is Wink on his shield, and I know him and have a tremendous amount of respect for him, and I'm sure that didn't sit well with guys from his staff being dismissed. He's a he's a really good defensive mind. He's done it at a very high level for a long time, and obviously he'll have options throughout this league because he's super well respected, and people will love to have Wink Martindale on the staff. He was the linebackers coach when I was in Baltimore, one of the best men that I've met in this league. So good luck to him. 
onward and upward, Wink. Yeah, just two years there, the entirety of Brian Dable's tenure. We'll see how that all plays out. Marcus, thanks. That's the latest breaking news. And still to come, the Bills take down the Dolphins last night to lock up the two seed in the AFC. Here why Swagoo is concerned about Tua. Next on NFL Live. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The postseason NFL countdown crew has you set for Super Wild Card Weekend Saturday and Sunday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN and the app. They'll have game previews, player features, early breaking stories, all of the injury updates. And for more of our top stories, we go back to Houston and Adam Schefter on what is traditionally a day of sweeping changes for franchises that have underachieved. We now have five coaching openings in the NFL as of this moment. Adam, get us started in Washington, please. The one that started today's events, Hannah, was in Washington and it involved Ron Rivera, who's battled through so much during his time in Washington. But when Washington changed owners and Dan Snyder sold to Josh Harris and his group, it became inevitable over time that they would want their people in. And today they make the change and they bring aboard Bob Myers, the former Warriors general manager from the NBA, to assist in their search for a new head coach and general manager. There's a new head coaching search going on in Atlanta as well. The Falcons head coach Arthur Smith fired late last night after three seven and ten seasons in which they had a different starting quarterback every year, couldn't get any stability at the quarterback position, and now they have some instability at the coaching ranks as the owner, Arthur Blank, Rich McKay, and the general manager, Terry Fontenot, will lead this team's search to find a new head coach. And we continue to await word from New England about Bill Belichick. Most people thought he would be moving on, the two sides would be parting ways, but here we are, Hannah, closing in on the five o'clock hour on the East Coast and still no word, which tells you that this is a complicated situation. There's a lot to discuss between the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, and Bill Belichick himself. These are thoughtful decisions. And it wasn't like Robert Kraft and Bill met this morning and Robert Kraft said, Bill, we're moving on. They are clearly discussing what has gone wrong, what could go right, seeing if there's any way to save it or Ultimately, if they let Bill Belichick move on, but even if they do let him move on, I don't expect that they'll seek compensation if that's the path that the Patriots choose. Did you say you do not expect them to look for compensation? 
Correct, Hannah. I do not okay. expect them to seek compensation in return for Bill Belichick right. in the event that they do decide to make a change at the head coaching position. Right. That was something that we had discussed yesterday. So, uh, again, that's the latest from yep. Adam. I know you're all over this story. We are going to go live to Foxborough for more. And, Adam, good luck to your Wolverines tonight. All right. Meanwhile, the Bills and the Dolphins, the AFC East title. Josh Allen, a lot of mistakes in this one. Couple of picks in the first half. But look at this. Oh, wow. Tipped at the line, caught by Trent Sherfield in the back of the end zone. And then in the second quarter, Tua to Tyreek Hill. Three yards. It's 14-7 Dolphins. Really, the Bills were struggling in this game until this happened. Deontay Hardy returning the punt 96 yards for the touchdown. The veteran giving them a huge boost. Complimentary football there. And then the Bills seem to exhale. It was Allen to Dalton Kincaid. Five-yard touchdown. Now it's 21 to 14. And then Tua with a minute left still had a chance to chase Claypool. But that is picked off by Taylor Rapp and the Bills win 21 to 14 despite the fact that they had three turnovers in this one they have now won four straight division titles as the Finns continue their disturbing trend unable to beat the good teams this season one and five outscored by a whopping <laughs> 91 points against those teams that finished over 500 they went 10 and one feasted against the teams they should have beaten that were 500 or worse so Marcus what is your biggest concern for Miami as they start this playoff run. If Tua Tungvaloa can go beyond the X's and O's, um, it's something I talked about. Mina's been on when I talked about this, about the first read and what happens when you have to break the play down and improv. This, this throw to Chase Claypool is one of the examples. This was the read, and he just went there. And I'm like, dude, you first of all, you see the coverage. You understand, and Chase Claypool just showed up. Let's not talk about that, the amount of reps that they put together. But to me, this is like, what are we doing in this situation if you Tua? Like, you've played a lot of football, and nobody's here to cast with Persians as far as if Tua can play quarterback in this league. Yes. I get worried when there's a glitch in the computer, though. When it's not, when the picture is not turning out how they imagined it being painted, when the play is called and when the play starts, where do you go after that? And that's been my issue all season long. Miami Dolphins fans have been pissed off at me about it. People have told me, well, look at look <laughs> at the numbers. When I'm looking at it from a defensive standpoint, if I can get to it to pull the ball down, or if I, if I can get him to stick to how this play was drawn up computer-wise, that's the only thing he's going to do successfully. And that would be the conversation. And I think the polar opposite was the fact that Josh was able to go beyond the X's and O's late in that game when they needed drives to be made. And I think you need that in the playoffs to have success. Yeah, it was a mistake by him to throw that ball, but it was also a really good play by Taylor Rapp, the safety uh, who they acquired this yep. year. And, and for me, Marcus, that was really the story of this game. It's been the story of the last four, six Bills games, which is this defense playing mm -hmm. so well and playing so well through adversity. Obviously, earlier in the season, losing their star linebacker, Matt Milano, Tredavious White, the number one corner. You bring in Russell Douglas. But then in this game, you lose Russell Douglas. You lose one of your linebackers, Dodson. Uh, so Sean McDermott ends up playing a little bit more dime. He's got three safeties on the field. 
and they all play spectacularly. Taron Johnson with a tackle for the loss. Dane Jackson coming in relief and making a huge play on the ball to Tyree Kill, and then Rapp yeah. having the game of his life. I think when you consider it as a whole and consider everything they've been through, it's really a testament to the job that Sean McDermott has done with this defense. And you remember For coming sure. into the season, that was a question mark. Leslie Frazier left. He took over the defense. Well, I would say that the results are extremely impressive, especially when you consider both the in-game adjustments talked about a little bit there and some of the adjustments they've had to make over the course of this season. And now looking forward, we have some news coming into NFL Live. ESPN Dolphins reporter Marcel Louis Jacques says that Dolphins linebackers Andrew Van Ginkle and Jerome oh, no. Baker will Jesus. miss Saturday's wild card game against the Chiefs. You just heard her say it. Oh no. Mina, what could this mean? Oh, my gosh. The context, of course, is that the Dolphins were already uh, down two starting edge rushers. And Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips both lost for the season. Now another one. This is why you saw Melvin Ingram on the field. You might have been surprised, <laughs> although he's ageless. Mm. Good for him. But the point is, like, they are really up against it on that side of the football. Um, I thought last yesterday, despite that, they actually played pretty well. And it was the offense that ended up not holding up their end of the bargain. But to have yep. mi be missing him... Be missing Jerome Baker, who made a really big play at the goal line. Just another uh, big blow to this Dolphins defense has already suffered so yeah, many. Yeah, that, that offense might have to put some points on the board, uh, given this news as well. They're going to face Patrick Mahomes and company in zero degrees. Tua has only played once mm. in those kind of conditions in his career. Coming up, more on the latest from New England, a report from Foxborough. Bill Belichick spoke today. He was asked all the right questions. Wait to hear how he answered. Coming up on NFL Live. NFL Live is brought to you by Modelo, the mark of a fighter. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live Jags and Titans. Trevor Lawrence questionable before with an AC joint injury, but he went. They could have clinched the AFC South had they won. And Lawrence here, critical fourth and goal, just can't make it into the end zone. And they turn it over on downs. Their defense does hold strong, and they get the ball back after this. But a look at the fail on that play. Two minutes left in the game. They have a second and two at their own 33, and Lawrence tries to go deep to Calvin Ridley, but oh, not too be just 
Oh, so close to making that grab later in the drive on a fourth and two. Lawrence is going to try to hit Evan Ingram here for the first down, but that throw is high. Let's face it. Titans win 28-20. They ruin Jacksonville's playoff hopes. Trevor goes just 29-43, 280, two TDs and two picks. Jags were 8-5 after week 14. 93% chance to make the playoffs, which dropped to under 80% after losses in weeks 15 and 16. Even with all those struggles, still 80 83% chance entering that matchup with the Titans. All they had to do was win, and Jacksonville would take the South again this year. But of course, as we all know, it is the Houston Texans who are the division champs. We talked about this on Friday. We thought the Jags were vulnerable to the Titans. But Marcus, how do you go from a 90-plus chance to make the playoffs to watching from your couch or whatever remote island you're on next week? Yeah, the quickest way to do it, Hannah, is to give the football away. And that's what Trevor uh, has done over the last uh, few weeks of the season to the tune of seven, I believe, in the last uh, four weeks of the season. You see it here, 14. He threw seven the first 13 weeks of the season and seven in the last four. That'll get you beat. And then, too, like we know he suffered some injuries. They had to play with C.J. Beathard as well. But this offense never really got back to what we thought they would be throughout the duration of the season. I know he lost Christian Kirk, who was a big part of that. And then and Aaron throws at the end. It concerns me. I don't think Trevor Lawrence has been consistent enough for us to, to tag him like this elite, elite quarterback that we, we want to do, that we should be able to do. He's just had too many of these moments to me in critical situations to not have these questions going forward. It was unfortunate, and the way that they fell off a cliff was unfortunate. They got to go back and retool next year. He has to play better down the street. Yeah, they didn't start off well either. Very streaky season for them. And we're going to keep an eye on the Titans, too, on the other side. We know that was it for Ryan Tannehill. Could be a lot of changes there. All right. Meanwhile, much more positive for the Packers against the Bears. Jordan Love has been playing so well, looking to clinch his first playoffs in his first year as a starter and hitting Dontavian Wicks in the end zone, who would execute the Lambo leap to perfection. Uh, Ten minutes left in the third this is a third and three on the 12 and he passes to Wicks again another touchdown is second in the game how about those receivers for the Packers all healthy now and raring to go and on a third and seven the Bears only have one timeout left and he hits Tucker Kraft across the middle for 15 and a first down 27 to 32 316 two touchdowns 17 to 6 they are going to be at the Cowboys how about Jordan Love he went nine and eight made the postseason in his first year as a starting quarterback something neither of his predecessors did. Aaron Rodgers in his first year as a starter, 6-10 and 10, back in 08. Uh, loves QBR this season, virtually identical to Rodgers. Amina, we have talked a lot about the play of love over the last eight weeks of the season, how this mm. draft is now validated. Maybe it was a good thing he sat behind yeah. Rodgers for a couple years. But what surprised you about this Packers team yesterday? Yeah, for me, it was the defense, which um, I have been very critical of this season. So has Marcus. But I thought they showed up in a big way uh, against Chicago. The offense had already been playing so great. Those young receivers and Jordan Love has been on an absolute tear. But the defense hadn't held up their end of their bargain until this game. Uh, one thing that jumped out to me, they got consistent, sustained pressure on Justin Fields, whether it was with a standard rush or blitzing. They sacked him five, time, five times, Hannah, and four of those sacks were from players drafted either this year or the previous year. Carl yeah. Brooks, who was drafted this year, defensive lineman, fantastic. You got pressure from Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker. All of that is so important as we look ahead 
to the postseason because the way the defense was playing early in the year, what they were giving up in uh, both run defense and coverage was not sustainable. If they can play like they did yesterday, they have a chance because of how good Love is playing. Wow, because this is a very tall order. They have to go down to Dallas on Sunday where the Cowboys are 8-0. They've won 16 in a row, so those young players will be growing up fast. All right, Swagoo, it is about that time, <laughs> our favorite time. Take it away. What's coming up? Yeah, you know what's coming up. BMBs. Mondays are for the big fellas. And my man Sexy Dexy gonna get us started right out of the New York Giants. <laughs> Just dance on them, Sexy Dexy. I know we bringing up BMB. This is how we felt. We gonna close the season, the regular season out. And we gonna dance all the way to BMB. Because it's Monday and it's time to go off. I love it. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Swagoo, let's yes, go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We we going to get to it. And look, I love that the Detroit Lions went back in their bag and said, we going to make sure you report, and then we're going to get the ball in your hand, Dan Skipper. <laughs> My man had to get a kind of he – he had to get a rebirth for what happened against Dallas. And you see him here on the out route. First of all, pluck the ball out the air with your hands. Don't be a body catcher because we athletes, and we usually catch better than wide receivers. Our, our former bodies made us these type of athletes. Look at the man catch the ball. And then we're going to try to get a stiff on because they can't do nothing but tackle us low. Now protect them knees, Dan Skipper. I want you to protect them knees. They're going to need you. My man Christian Wilkins had a phenomenal season. He's about to get that bag. But we're going to say that for the offseason. He's a BMB right now. This was a hell of a play in this football game. Getting past the offensive guard, creating a strip sack for a fumble, and then recovering it on your own. We call that the trifecta. Nothing makes you feel better as a BMB to make one play, make three plays in one all by yourself. And you know we're going to celebrate. You know we're going to celebrate. And last but not least, y'all, y'all know when Big fellas get money, I get happy. And Chris Jones, look at the celebrate. You didn't think he'd have won a Super Bowl right here. My man said, I got 1.25 that's about to get deposited into my account. We're going to run all the way to the sideline, hit the ground, because we got to thank the Lord for the money that we're about to get. And then let the whole team come over and celebrate. Look how happy everybody is from Chris Jones. We a long way away from a whole out at the beginning of the season for big number 95 <laughs> to reach in this point where he get 1.25 for getting a sack. Shout out to the BMBs this week, man. They gave me a lot of material. I'm looking forward to y'all making some more plays in this playoffs so I can go off and have my moment at the Super Bowl. I love it. I love that mulligan by the Lions. That is just so typical Lions. That was like the, be <laughs> that was the best yeah. move of the day. You knew it, really it was coming. I love it. No doubt. All right, guys. Uh, still another topic to talk about, and we are going to be talking about this. The future of Bill Belichick in New England after the Patriots lost to the Jets and that 
that ugly season finale to fall to 4-13 this season. The future Hall of Fame coach addressed the media this morning before meeting with his players, and Mike Reese was there. Mike, what do we need to know? Hannah tense times here in Foxborough. Bill Belichick held his final team meeting with players at 9 o'clock, and the players have since scattered, and that's opened the window for the other meeting that Belichick referenced, with ownership led by Robert Kraft to discuss his future. Belichick said those type of meetings after a season are common, and with reporters earlier this morning, he said something interesting for him. Have a listen. I'm in a contract. Um, do what I always do, which is... You know, every day I come in, work as hard as I can to help the team in whatever way I can. Uh, I learned that lesson from my dad growing up. Um, you work for the team that you're working for and do the best you can for them until somebody tells you different. So that's not going to change. Belichick has a long-standing rule to never mention his contract. It's been one of the closest guarded secrets in the NFL over the last 24 years by putting it out there today Belichick basically said he's plowing ahead as coach until told otherwise Hannah Mike thank you so much you know, Mina let's start with you because Belichick said that he would give up his GM duties if that was in the best interest of the team in your estimation what's the ideal outcome for New England here well, I think that would be it, Hannah, that you would bring in an outside GM because GM, and Belichick's the de facto GM of the Patriots, is where he has struggled the most. I saw a stat that blew my mind. It was from Zach Cox at Nesson who posted that uh, the Patriots have not signed a player drafted in the first three rounds to a second contract since 2013. It was Deron Harmon. And when you look at the drafts, over the last few years, there's just so many missteps, so many missed opportunities, whether it was, you know, Lamar Jackson at quarterback or the many wide receivers who were taken instead of the ones that New, New England selected. But even on the other side of the ball as well, although the defense has been better. Um, and on top of that, there's been struggles in free agency. The Patriots have a lot of draft capital or I mean, a lot of cap space this year. The last time they had much this much cap space was in 2021 when they went on a huge spending strip free. Uh, many of those decisions don't look good in retrospect. You remember the Hunter Henry and John U. Smith contracts. Matt Judon worked out. Nelson Aguilar didn't. Point is, any uh, GM with Belichick's record over the last 10 years would have been let go. So if they're able to bring in an outside voice to uh, basically navigate what is going to be a pivotal offseason, especially with pick three and that need at quarterback, uh, that would, I think, be a huge coup and a positive change. And I would trust Bill to, fi uh, to fix some of the issues in coaching. MK, I love what you said about the general manager thing. I think, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more abrasive as I tend to be. I think it's time for a breakup. I think it's time for Bill Belichick to start a new and the New England Patriots to usher in a new era. And when I was trying to think about, like, how could this make sense, Marcus? It's hard when you're talking about arguably the greatest coach in the history of football. And I think he yeah. is. But it's also, I, I, you know, I'm a big basketball fan. Mm -hmm. Phil Jackson reinvented himself. The key is having players, right? Phil Jackson left Michael Jordan in Chicago and went to Kobe and Shaq in L.A. And I think Bill Parcells has shown enough that if he has a quarterback and an offense that can hum, 
he's always going to be a part of the championship conversation. And look, I understand drafting a quarterback and where their positioning is. Mm -hmm. But the thing that's been very interesting to me, too, is why is it this clamor to get Bill Belichick? Like, maybe everybody's waiting, but I think it's going to be night and day if he finds out he's let go. It'll be quick that he signs somewhere well, I else. mean, Marcus, we don't really know what the first domino is to fall. Is it going to be Bill Belichick or maybe after the championship game yeah. tonight? Would it be Jim Harbaugh? Harbaugh? Yeah. And before we go, we have our, our resident Washington expert here. So, Mina, lay it out. How do you see this game going tonight, <laughs> Washington and Michigan? <laughs> My Huskies are going to send Michigan home and then send Jim Harbaugh straight to the NFL after they lose. No, I, I, think, I think it's going to be close. There you go. Hey, that's I, a win-win for it's a, it's you, Mina. Great, right? a great matchup, I want to say. But Washington will win. I think Washington will win. Thanks, guys. Great Monday on NFL Live. Really close